Welcome to the Chlorine King Podcast, where your host, Eric Taylor, will discuss tips for the do-it-yourselfer, answer listeners' questions, conduct product reviews, and host special guests from the pool industry. Grab your swimsuits and let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Chlorine King Pool Service Show Podcast, your number one source for swimming pool care. We have another great episode in store for you tonight. We're going to discuss the wonderful world of pH and how it affects how comfortable you are in the swimming pool. But before we get to that, Jeff had come out to me while servicing his pool earlier this week, and he asked me, Eric, what are the different types of filters and what are the differences? Well, Jeff, there's three types of filters for your pool. You have a sand filter, you have a cartridge filter, and you have a DE filter. The sand filter is the least efficient of the three, and it's also the cheapest. Sand filters are really bulky, they're heavy, you know, you oftentimes have two to three hundred pounds of sand in it, and it just doesn't filter as well as the other two. And if something goes wrong with it, they're a little more difficult to service than the other two as well, because, you know, you got a big ball-shaped uh, filter body, and then you got a tiny little hole at the top where the multiport goes, and that's really your only access point for the sand and the internals of the filter. So... You know, if you have to do a sand change, which is recommended every five years, you know, you got to get a shop vac involved and you got to suck all the sand out and put all the new sand in. Uh, or, you know, if a, if a lateral breaks and you uh, dump a bunch of sand in the pool, you know, it's you got to remove all the sand that's still left in the filter and, you know, service the lateral that way by sticking your arm in and, uh, you know, taking care of it that way. You know, they're really not easy to service. There also is an alternative out called zeolite, which is a better filtering media than just the pool sand. So, you know, you do have that option there if you really do like a sand filter. Next, we have the cartridge filter, which is my personal favorite because it's very easy to work on. It offers very good filtration. It's, it's the middle of the three in terms of the quality of the filtration. You got the sand filter that goes about 30 microns, you have the cartridge filter that goes around 15 microns or so, and then you also have DE, which does 3 to 5 microns, which is enough to filter blood molecule. But back to the cartridge filter. So I really like them because you don't really have to worry about any media going out into the pool if something's wrong with the filter. You know, if something's wrong with a sand or DE filter, oftentimes you'll find all this, the media out in the pool which is just an extra pain to clean out. So the cartridge filter is really nice there. Real easy to come apart and service. The only drawback per se is that, you know, you are expected to change a filter, the actual element on the inside of the cartridge filter once every year or so. You know, as long as your water's balanced and you're not dealing with a lot of algae and everything like that. Extra algae, bad water conditions. If you're pump is too powerful for the size filter you put in that could cause premature wear on the cartridge as well so ideally you should expect about a year out of the cartridge so that's my favorite uh, then you have the top echelon filter which is a de filter that filters the most efficient but it's also the most expensive there's some nuances there you got powder that actually filters the water not the grids on the inside there's actually eight internal grids that hold this powder in place for the water to filter through you know if you get a hole in one of those grids for instance like i talked about earlier you know all that de powder is going to go back into the pool also if you have space limitations you may want to go with a cartridge filter because they're generally smaller than the de or the sand filters 
Hopefully that's a little down and dirty uh, explanation of three types of filters. If you have any more questions, Jeff, don't hesitate to call me or email me. Or if any of you listeners out there need a little more detail or something more for your situation, uh, contact me. We'll be happy to help. So moving on to the main topic tonight, pH. What is pH? Well, actually it stands for power of hydrogen. And what it does is it measures in the pool water how acidic the water is or how basic it is. You know, my science teacher's probably getting a pretty good kick out of this right now because back in high school, I always said, look, dude, I'm not ever going to use this in real life. I don't really need to pay attention to this. Well, fast forward to today, I am using it in real life, and I'm actually teaching people how to use this in real life. So if he was ever to hear this, Mr. Kiernan, you can laugh at me. No big deal. But anyways, to get back to the the topic, so the pH has a scale of 0 to 14. Uh, 0 is super acidic, and 14 is very basic. So... You know, what's what's recommended in the swimming pool? Well, according to the NSPF, we want the pH to be between 7.2 and 7.8, ideally with the water being in a 7.5 pH. And the reason why is that's what our eyes, the pH of our eyes are. So that will uh, maximize the comfortability of us swimming. You know, have you ever had, uh, you know, open your eyes up on the water, your eyes got really dry, or they got really, you know, they stung a lot? Well, that's because of the pH. So, you know, for instance, if the pH is high, your eyes are going to sting. And if the pH is low, you're going to really experience a lot of dry eyes. Some other things that you can experience with a low pH is irritation of the eyes and mucous membranes. It could also damage the pool liner or the surface because it's a very aggressive water because of how acidic it is. So, it, And it can also actually damage the components of your pool definitely want to make sure your pH doesn't stay notoriously low because that could cause some issues and you know cause some unwarranted repairs uh, more frequently and all that stuff. What does a high pH do? Well high pH actually causes a poor chlorine disinfection so for instance I forgot the specific numbers but I believe that a pH of 7.8 the chlorine is 50% less effective than it is at 7.2 I believe. Um, I'm not sure, don't quote me on the numbers, but it, there's a significant reduction in how effective the chlorine is the higher the pH goes. You'll also experience skin irritation with a high pH. You'll also experience some cloudiness from the high pH. You know, you'll actually experience stuff dropping out of solution. So if you have metals in your water, for instance, or calcium, and you have a very high pH, uh, you can start experiencing some stains, some calcium scales. So it would behoove you to make sure that you keep the pH in check for not only yourself as you're swimming in it, but uh, you know for also your pool and your equipment. You know if you got a pH that's way out of whack, what do you dose it with? Well, a pH that's high, you want to bring it down with um, muriatic acid, or you know they actually have sulfuric acid, which is a non-fuming version of muriatic acid. Because muriatic acid is very uh, caustic, and it's you know, you can see the fumes when you pour it in, and if you breathe that in, it literally, your respiratory system stops. You know, it's just, it's not human friendly at all. So they actually made a non-fuming version called sulfuric acid that's supposed to really just adjust adjust the pH. It doesn't stink or anything like that. It's just, you know, if you use it considerably over time, you could add a lot of sulfates to the water, which creates its own issues. So just be careful when you're using muriatic acid alternatives. 
You can also use sodium bisulfate, which is a, a dry acid that uh, will allow you to do that. You just want to be careful when you're applying that, you know, especially on colored surfaces or anything like that, because it could, you know, if it sits on the bottom, could stain the surface. So just be careful of that. If your pH is high, usually use soda ash to raise that. Uh, there's a small caveat, though. A lot of people use sodium bicarbonate, which is baking soda, uh, to raise the pH. But the thing is, it also raises the alkalinity. One thing you need to look out for is if you have a low pH or a high pH, you know, before you start putting a lot of chemical into just that, make sure your alkalinity is in check because the alkalinity is actually the buffer for the pH. So if you have zero alkalinity in your pool, for instance, any small minute amount of chemical you add to the pool is going to make a considerable change to the pH. You know, alternatively, if your alkalinity is through the roof, it's going to be a lot harder to make those changes to the pH. So you know, don't start making huge changes to the pH until you, you make sure that your alkalinity is in check. That's just one thing I wanted to make note when you're doing some changes. Make sure you keep that pH in check, and you'll definitely enjoy a lot uh, better swimming experience when you're out there uh, enjoying time with your family and friends. So stay tuned for next week when we discuss alkalinity and how it ties back into the pH that we talked about today. And we're looking forward to expanding your guys' knowledge for swimming pool care more specifically the water chemistry. So stay tuned and we'll see you next time. Have a great night, everyone. That's all for tonight. And thanks for tuning in. Please send any comments or ideas, how-to and guest appearance requests, and product review suggestions to eric at chloreinekingpools.com. Remember, if life piddles in your pool of dreams, just add some chlorine and keep swimming. See you next time.